I'm Mick Danzig. And I'm Hannah Hampton. And this is not an HR podcast. All right, well, welcome to This Is Not An HR Podcast, the only podcast that feels compelled to remind you that these discussions have absolutely no human resources, best practices, or redeeming value whatsoever. Quit emailing me, quit calling me, quit asking. There's none. Seriously, there's no hidden message here. This isn't a gag. Or is there? Or is H square, <laughs> Hannah Hampton. You ready to get your fright on? <laughs> Did like, you fall out of your chair? What the hell was that? <laughs> that was like my uh, go excited ghost. Okay, well, um, don't do that again. All right, here we go. <laughs> this don't is ever our do that again. Our first annual. I love it when people Whoa. say that. This is my first annual. This is our first annual spooktacular podcast our halloween special h2 and i are huge fans of halloween and the horror genre i've i made it to the end of september almost without decorating i am so ready for halloween uh that's i i love halloween and uh yeah i i haven't started decorating nor have i really thought about it i do have a pumpkin Believe it or not, but uh, it's just sitting there. Just a pet pumpkin that you've had year round, or <laughs> no? Um, it. Uh, my mother gave it to me. She's like, "I bought you a pumpkin." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So it's sitting there. I'll pro- I might carve it, or I might just let it sit there and do its thing. And uh, yeah. So, so I, I got a couple yeah. things already. Oh my gosh, how we're gonna squeeze this into 30 minutes or less? <laughs> I don't know. First thing is, I love that Hannah's mommy bought her a pumpkin for the holidays. <laughs> That's very sweet. Um, and the fact that you're like, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to carve the thing. So let me tell you a little secret. I love par- carving pumpkins, but I have no artistic talent at- whatsoever. Every year I did like the big triangle eyes and I just make like a screaming, wavy, sm- spooky mouth. And and that was it. That's all I could do. And Mrs. Danzig was kind of like, I think she was starting to feel like the, the the result of the jack-o'-lantern was not worth the sacrificing of a perfectly good pumpkin. Okay. So she's found these kits where you just smack it on like fucking Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> and you can do all kinds of different designs, but that way there's no carving of the pumpkin. You just put, it's almost like, remember, here's how we age ourselves. I remember in like nursery school, maybe kindergarten, like they used like felt but it was like pre-velcro and they had like these felt things that clung to their felt board to do arts and crafts and and tell stories so it's that it's that theory so as i've just described the least scary halloween thing ever (laughs) let's find something a little scarier i I, i've i've been to a few good haunted houses you've got a haunted house story coming up or you're going to mention one that you want to um that you, I, I went to one of Rob Zombies. I think Me you've too. been to Rob Zombies before at different. We didn't go together. Yeah. I am. I'm kind of a hypocrite when it comes to haunted houses because I love them, mm-hmm. but I'm not very good at them. Oh, same. And I, I have a funny story about that, but same. All right. So we're going to tell our, our we'll embarrass ourselves here in a minute. Yes. But I remember reading a story a few years back about this uh, haunted house experience out on the West Coast 
that was supposed to be the most extreme haunted house. And of mm-hmm. course, whenever something like that happens, there's always someone trying to shut them down. So, of course, I start Googling what's the scariest haunted house now? What's out there? You know, would I ever do this? And I found one and I found articles from the last couple of years that it looks like this is the one to beat. And that's actually a pun because no one has successfully made it through this haunted house. And if you do, there's actually what? a, a $20,000 cash prize, I think. Yeah, it's called McCamey Manor. Oh, my gosh. And it's torture on demand. And it's oh. a haunted house. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a it's a customized horror house, haunted house experience. He has just this arsenal of things to use against you. And they interview you and find out what your fears are. I would so lie when doing that. I'm, I'm oh, really oh. scared of stuffed Winnie the Pooh dolls. But it's they find out what you're afraid of. They have this huge list and they have this 40 page waiver. It it can be two to eight hours because you read the waiver out loud. And what he records you reading the waiver out loud that you're going to sign because it's really psychological torture is from what I'm getting on reading this. And I'm going to read a part and we'll talk about it a little bit. But this is the the fun part. So before a contestant makes it through McKinney Manor's door, he or she must go through the tedious process of reading aloud and signing a 40-page legal waiver that lists more than 100 disgusting, dangerous, disturbing scenarios that you may face. Uh, the so contract- reading a legal waiver sounds like torture to me. Begin with. So go on. So that's what he's done, though, is he's taken it and it's part of the process. This process of reading the waiver and the things he does to you while you're reading it, there are hundreds of people that didn't make it past the waiver. Like, is that part of the process? Yeah, so it's part of the process. And this is great, too. So you wear a onesie (laughs) as you take the tour. So you can see how it's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going where they're just mentally breaking you down. Yeah. Um, So it says here, wearing a Rick and Morty onesie, everyone taking a McKamey Manor tour does so. Van Over reads and initials each item. This is a person actually reading and going through this process of the waiver. Number 28, Van Over says with a boastful turn. Participants fully understand that by signing this waiver, they are giving McKamey Manor permission to keep nothing off the table except sexual or inappropriate situations. Everything else imaginable can be and will may happen inside McKamey Manor. And he reads it and then he initials it. Number 29, participants agree to and has full knowledge that if selected to visit the barber, that's a section that could or could not happen to you. Participants may leave McKamey Manor completely bald, including what? eyebrows. What? He initials it. Number 30, participants agree and acknowledge that mousetraps are used on the tour, which may result in bruising or breaking of fingers. Oh, go on. What? Yes. Obviously, <laughs> I could do this for hours, but in the hours it takes to make it through the waiver, This particular participant agrees to exposure of extreme temperature. That's number 73. Having plastic wrap tightly held over his face. No. 74. And having his hands and feet zip tied. Number 75. Maybe. The only thing. I know that's kind of a good Saturday night day, right? Yeah. The only thing (laughs) 
Van Over won't stand for, and everyone gets two freebies. Van Over's the individual getting ready to go through this. Is tooth pulling and needles? What? Yes. What? Yes. So they give you a list of over a hundred potential scenarios. You read them aloud. You initial them. You're allowed to absolutely not. You do have to come up with a safe word and share it with them. And, th- and then you have to be drug tested. They don't want anyone going through it that's on uh, drugs or alcohol. Right. You actually have to complete a physical and show that. So it, it's a lot. The owner, well, this whole thing just starts with the this tedious mental kind of psychological warfare of you reading just this hundred items of scenarios that could can't happen to you and you read it aloud and sign off on it. Um, he's doing stuff to mess with you and they're dumping fake blood on you. And remember, this is just the intro. This is not even being officially starting it. I feel like Eli Rob and Rob Zombie are both like, oh fuck no. <laughs> if some of the rules are like you can't you can't physically be aggressive back. And if you break some of the if there are some rules that are non-negotiables that if you break them, you're out right away. They mm-hmm. tap your shoulder, we're done. Sure. You're not allowed to cuss. But what he does is that's not something you can get kicked out for. Okay. But the $20,000 prize, if you complete it, there's a there's like penalties if you break some of the other rules and cussing uh, and fun of that, things weird. like that. But now remember, no one has won this $20,000 prize. But what's really funny is this gentleman that uh, put this together, he's this, this tall, uh, all-American total straight edge kind of guy. I mean, he looks like uh, they compare him in one of the articles I read to Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman to me is way more intimidating than this guy. This guy kind of looks like a pre-insane Gary Busey when he was thin, right after he played Buddy Holly. But he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't cuss. And he's been doing this for years. He uses his own money And here's the funny thing, and I don't know if it's changed this year, but up until a year ago, the entry fee was a big bag of dog food for his dogs. So he's lost. Yeah, he's lost money on the actual manor itself, but he's been on dark tourists. He's done other things. I'm sure he's found other ways to make money. And who knows? He may be independently wealthy. But I've taken a long time to explain this because I think it's so fucking crazy. Hannah Hampton, first off, would you do this? Oh, my God. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, $20,000 isn't a lot of money. What if it was $200,000? Uh, I, You know, to me, again, I have a total fear of, like, torture and um, I'm claustrophobic. And, again, I'm, like, I'm a scaredy cat in regular uh, haunted houses. So I, I don't even think I would go for that because I feel like the psychological damage would take more than $200,000 worth of therapy. <laughs> Now you're, and we joked earlier, we made a, a quick uh, BDMS, BDSM reference earlier. Isn't torture horror your, everyone has their horror that's the hardest for them to swallow or whatever. Yeah. That's your kind of, not your first choice if we're going to watch a Absolutely horror film Absolutely not. I just, I do not enjoy it. And I try, you know, I, I watched Hostel. That's really upsetting to me. Um, you know, those Hostel movies just, 
totally have something. And I like Eli Roth, and I think that he's, you know, really, he's really good at what he does. And there was that Keanu Reeves movie that you told me to watch a couple of years ago, and I just, I had the hardest time with that as well. What was that movie? I can't. Oh, remember. it wasn't torture at all, though. It was more of a, it was just a being hunted type of thing and psychological damage by the. Well, he was, I thought they were torturing Keanu Reeves, and maybe that's what I didn't like about it because I love him, but who doesn't? But yeah, I'm, I do not enjoy torture and I'm convinced I am a child of the eighties and I'm not going to tell you how old I am. People will probably eventually put it together, but I was born in the seventies, a child of the eighties and my entire childhood, I feel like it was all about warnings of uh, being abducted. And I, I was so afraid of getting kidnapped, which is insane to think about now, but I feel like that I, as a kid. Well, it's because of the 80s, danger. stranger danger. You yes, know? stranger I danger. I was great by the time I was in third, third or fourth grade because of all these speakers and the stranger danger things. I was just convinced I was hot shit and every adult wanted a piece of my ass because they had so scared. Right. If, like my parents were late to pick me up for dance. I'm like, I'm totally getting kidnapped. And you felt I just felt like that was inevitable that I'd be kidnapped, tortured and murdered, which, you know, again, hindsight, it's like, what the hell was wrong with me? I feel like stranger danger was a little too extreme. And then also I Nancy Reagan convinced me that people were going to make me do drugs and no, you know, nobody in my life has ever forced me to do any drugs. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I kind of wanted, I've always wanted to ask someone in that campaign, mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong, everyone should own, if they don't, a D.A.R.E. t-shirt from the <laughs> 80s. I have one, ironically. Yeah, I, I just never, even, I knew who the druggies were in in school. No one was going around trying to give their drugs away. But that's how they had what it, they had us thinking that as kids, they're just going to walk up and go, hey, man, you should try this. It's really good. Like hide it in my lunch like you would do, like giving a, a pill to a dog. I was convinced people were going to trick me into taking drugs. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And nobody ever tried to trick me into it either. <laughs> no, you know, the only larger misconception I can think of from being a 70s and 80s child Mm -hmm. is the only other thing that I've never come across that I have been completely mortified of since first grade, mm. quicksand. <laughs> they made it sound like quicksand was going to be everywhere we were playing, <laughs> and they told us how to take the pressure <laughs> off so we can float back and roll out of it. Oh All, I mean, no, I, they spent more hours of my early adolescence telling me how to avoid quicksand mm -hmm. than all of the things that my low self-esteem and these yeah. newfound fears of being drugged and abducted and this <laughs> obviously just spread of quicksand all over the United States. I felt like that was a little form of psychological torture now that we look yes. at it. All, and all the things as a kid that I thought were going to be a bigger problem. And then the other one, not Halloween related, is the Bermuda Triangle. Like, did you? Oh, know? yeah, that was, that I was mean, like a huge problem. Like, I, I remember being a kid, like, there's no way in hell I'd ever even try to get closer because I'd disappear. And uh, yeah, certainly um, a lot of the things they told us to be afraid of were really not problems. So they, they taught us to fear all these things, but then never showed me how to do my own taxes, which really pisses me off. But 
Yeah. Um, that could be a whole other the whole other show. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things they could have embedded in us with the amount of time they spent on those three items. It's just insane. You know, honestly, I asked you if you if you would do the haunted house. I'm not gonna lie to you. I would not. And mm-hmm. let me tell you how bad I am with haunted houses. The last haunted house I went to, and I really am overdue, and if anyone's not familiar with Southern California and Halloween, what's great about Halloween is the haunted houses are just a step above because you have so many makeup artists that are trying to break in, and some are that are professionals. So you have these great things, uh, Knott's Berry Farm, which is like the most... Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, all American place in the world. So white bread and butter, not scary farm is their Halloween thing. It is excellent. You go down to Hollywood, you do it. Well, I went to this haunted house at one of those permanent amusement uh, facilities that they have out there. And it's like the traveling carnivals, but all the rides are permanent. They're, They're safer. They're embedded. But it's the kind of it's carny rides. It's not good roller coasters. It's carny rides and this amazing putt putt courses. Every Halloween they would do a great haunted house. And my mother in law just happened to be visiting us, and we took her to the haunted house, and it was pretty good. And damn, I did the same thing to my mother in law that I've done to every girlfriend I've ever taken on a date to a haunted house. And as soon as shit gets scary, mm-hmm. I go from holding them and clutching them to throwing them in the room as we walk into it first. <laughs> so they get the first scare, right? So well, I'm I mean, never going to go to a haunted house with you because I'm the person who hides behind other people. So we would not do well together. Well, I have a, I have, just like I have a rollover trick where if you're sleeping on my arm and I want to get out of bed <laughs> and I roll you over gently, a la friends, I have this roll. I'll, I'll, I'll let you clasp around me and I'll help you to hold on tight and I'll tell you everything's going to be okay. And as soon as I feel your clasp around my rib cage loosen, that's when I start tossing you into the upcoming room. So you get the first scare. I am not the best person to go to, to a haunted house with. Hannah, give us a little palate cleanser. Tell me a good Halloween story of yours in the past. I'm going to go a different direction because you you made me think about kind of the craziness that we we dealt with in, in the last year. And 2020, of course, was weird. And last year, um, I went through a drive-through haunted house. Yeah, it was a campsite that they turned into. And I think, you know, obviously, they wanted to make the scenario safe for everyone. And with COVID being where it was in October of last year, there was no, um, you know, we didn't have our vaccines or anything. And I love Halloween. So I found this outdoor haunted house and it was our drive through haunted house. And it was really well, like it was well executed. Of course, it's not as scary as, you know, you're, you don't have protection. Whereas being in your vehicle, you're somewhat protected, but there were still some, still some good jump scares. There were cool, just like visuals. And I'm a big fan of of the visual, like setting up like a creepy scene or maybe some good, uh, you know, holograms or whatever. So I did the drive through a haunted house. And I think even in, um, I had, I had seen there was another one where it wasn't a drive through, but you sat in your car and then the scenes came to you. Uh, the people, it was just kind of like almost a parade, a haunted house parade. So I feel like last year was interesting and i i love the creativity that was involved and okay how do we you know because i think people weren't comfortable in tight spaces the creativity around what you had to do because of covid 
was really uh, they did they did a great job. I'll probably never get Hannah to go to a haunted house with me now. <laughs> what is something else we can do? Yeah. Maybe the Danzigs and the Hamptons should do a road trip and book a room at the world famous Clown Motel. <laughs> I, I'm game for that. And like clowns are totally creepy, but I, I that's the fun kind of creep that I would go for. Totally. So yeah, we'll look. I actually looked and Saturday, the October 16th, they have rooms available. So maybe we can get a couple of rooms. The other thing I want to do, and don't judge me, Zach Bag Bagans Baggins from Ghost Adventures, he has a haunted, a haunted museum. And in Vegas, and it's all the kind of haunted objects and whatnot. And I really want to do that. And it's been a couple of years since I've been to Vegas. That's I want to do that one and the Mob Museum, but that's not Halloween related. But I feel like I, I've I've read a lot of like cool stuff about the haunted uh, object museum. And of course, there's the whole you can sign a waiver because they're like things might attach to you and take you'll take them home, which. You take with a grain of salt, but uh, it sounds like a little bit of spooktacular fun. Speaking of spooktacular, I, mm-hmm. uh, you and I have gone to quite a few horror films together. Yes. Not enough, but Not enough. we went to advanced screenings of Rob Zombie's, was it 31 that we went to? It was. Yes, it was. That was a great movie. We had uh, so much fun, and I'll never forget, I felt a little, like, crazy, because there were parts where you and I were laughing, and no one else knew what I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, there is some, but we had a blast. I mean, we were sober, we were yeah. just having a good time, and th- some of the stuff I thought was uh, a little, I thought it was funny. I like the the most recent Rob Zombie movie, kind of closer to the House of a Thousand Corpses trilogy, with the Devil's Reject, he kind of left uh, uh, the doctor, was it Dr. Satan? I think Dr. was the name Satan. of it. Dr. Satan scared the shit out of him. Yeah, but he oh, knew he couldn't do too much with him, and if you actually mm-hmm. watch the Devil's Rejects, which I think is an amazing, scary movie. Agree, agree. agree. Yeah, it definitely does. It it, it takes the trilogy a different direction, Mm -hmm. and it becomes more of that being captive, psychological thriller with lots of gore. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. he wrapped it up with Three from Hell, which I friggin' love that movie. Okay, don't, don't hate me. I still haven't seen it yet, but it's on my list for this Halloween. I know, I know, I know. So next topic. Uh, so I was looking at, oh, and by the way, the Keanu Reeves movie that you were referring to, which is, they refer to it as an erotic psychological thriller is called Knock Knock. Knock. Yeah. Your boy, Eli Roth was one of the three writers on that one. So what I thought we'd do, let's see, I've gone through a bunch of lists of scariest horror films and okay. some of them, you know, there's kind of the generic ones. And then, so I used IndieWire and their most recent one was actually just a couple of weeks ago, and they take it all the way back to the top 150. And I'll put the link of this article uh, in the info section of the podcast because I think it's really cool. But uh, I want to read through the top 10 and we'll very quickly, or I'll go from 10 to five, and then we'll discuss them. Uh, And then we'll, I think there's some obvious choices here, but I want to see your take. Uh, Top horror films, according to IndieWire, Number 10, the original Night of the Living Dead, which mm. I think still holds up very mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Interesting choice here. Number nine, the first Alien, which if you really think about it, mm-hmm. I get it. I get what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Number eight, John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. 
pretty good movie. Pretty yeah. good movie. Number seven, it goes all the way back to the 1960 classic Eyes Without a Face. It's real. That's I recommend that. I I watched it not too long ago. Number six is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. I love that movie. Which at the time, that shower scene, which is now considered cinematic marvel and masterpiece, that was controversial. They really were, you know, people were saying Alfred Hitchcock had gone too far. Uh, and and I love that that actually changed the kind of culture of going to the movies because people would just show up and they would show up 10 minutes into the movie. And Alfred Hitchcock was like, uh, we, we're closing the doors. You have to be there for the beginning of this movie, you know, to watch the whole thing. He wanted the entire experience. So that kind of changed movie going uh, culture. I love it. I love it. Good little fact there. High five, H squared. <laughs> I love it. You go from Psycho to number five, John Carpenter's Halloween, which, of course. Freaking love that movie. It, it's still, I mean, that movie is still one of the scariest of yep. all time. Love that uh, movie. Love it. Love it. I've got the chills right now. I love that movie. What I love about that is, you know, it was Jamie Lee Curtis's mother who was the victim in the shower scene of Psycho. And we were talking about Eli Roth, and he has that great docu-series about mm-hmm. horror films. In the interview with Jamie Lee, one of the things she said, is, and she's had a wonderful career, she says is, when she dies, her obit will say, Halloween's Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. passes away. And she said, once her mother was in that shower scene in Psycho, her mother knew the same thing. Yeah. And so when her mother died, it said psycho actress yep. in front of her name. So I thought that was a really cool bit. Number four, The Exorcist. I know a lot of people that that movie just scares the hell out of. That movie scares the shit out of me. Being raised Catholic uh, <laughs> and the fear of the devil. So we'll just. <laughs> so true story. That's actually the first horror film I ever saw. And it's the reason I saw that movie at a very young age was my parents took me to the drive-in in the 70s when I was mm-hmm. a wee little nugget. And yeah. it was one of those triple screen drive-ins. And I was in the back seat and they were in the front. Behind us, The Exorcist was playing. And oh apparently gosh. it was at least half an hour before my parents bothered to turn and check on their, their little one. Let's you <laughs> kind of explains a few things if you really think about it. And I had been sitting <laughs> with my hands resting on the back of the seat watching The Exorcist for a good Hilarious. 20, 30 minutes. Now, remember, explains you know, so much. No, no, explains a lot. There's a whole lot that I should talk to my shrink about in those last few sentences. But of course, no sound because you're, you're at the drive in. You can that's, just see it. Well, that could be almost a little creepier at times. And that movie was. That was a scary-ass movie, but I digress. Go on. Number three, Rosemary's Baby. Okay, okay. And what's interesting about this, little snippet on it, they close with, Rosemary's Baby has only grown more uncomfortable with time, and not just because we know more about Polanski than mm-hmm. we did 50 years ago. So I have not w- gone back and watched this in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while for me, too. Number two, though. And this is interesting because I actually forgot how much I love this movie, how scary it is. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which oh, also yes. changed horror films, the way the genre was done. And if you really think about it, they were one of the, not the first, but one of the first where they kind of had more of that point of view approach to filming. 
and some oh my gosh, the, yes. But what's funny about it is they were one of the first to use that point of view, mm-hmm. but instead of using the shaky cam, which later became uh, associated with point of view horror, mm-hmm. they actually utilized Steadicam mm-hmm. to give create movement, which was very well used by in Halloween, the first Halloween as well. And then, of course, thinking about it and list what I went through, what's the one glaring absence? Number one, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, another one I absolutely adore. And real quick, back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I have a total fear of chainsaws, and, <laughs> and well, which I think is a rational fear. But anyways, when I'm at when I'm at a haunted house, that there's always the person at the very end that chases you out with a chainsaw, and I just hate that part and I have a friend who I've gone to multiple haunted houses and we went with a big group one time and I found out later that when we got to the end he whispered to people like take a look at Hannah at the end and legit they're like you had your purse in your hand you were holding it like a football and you you were running faster than we've ever seen you run and screaming the whole time because the chainsaw I just Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, I think, just embedded in my memory and my brain, and I'm so terrified of chainsaws. <laughs> you know, what I love about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it's one of those films that is so scary visually. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, yes. But then again, at the same time, the sound effects and everything they use is so impactful. Oh, that God, that- yeah. That is one of the few films that if you only had one part of it, like if you were doing something around the house and the TV was on and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was on and you turn, you know, but the sound was down and you turn and looked over, you'd be like, what the hell? And the same thing with the soundtrack. If you heard, if you were in the other room and all of a sudden you heard Leatherface chasing someone or some of that scary dialogue with the family itself, you would be like, what the hell is that? So you don't eat and then you combine the two and it's just it's almost too much. Oh, it's it's so like, yeah, it's so raw. And so just it's a sensory overload without. But it's not a sensory overload from great special effects. And that's one of the things I love about horror Mm -hmm. films is it's really. Yes, there's definitely the advantage of new special effects. and, And as the technology gets better. But in horror, you really don't need it, which has been proven by, you know, the popularity of Blair Witch Project and things like that. It's the one segment that has benefited, but doesn't need the improvements in technology. You are so correct. I, I totally agree with you. Sometimes the things that you don't see are scarier than the things that you do see. And my other comment about these movies, you think about The Shining, you think about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you think about any Rob Zombie movie. I grew up in it just, I'll just, I grew up in a small town. And I, when I graduated college, I moved to a big city. And I remember people being like, isn't that scary to you? The big city's scary. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I watch horror movies. Being out in the middle of nowhere is far scarier. That's where all that, sh- that's where shit goes down is in the middle of nowhere. That's where the, you know, that's where Leatherface is. That is where, you know, you go a little crazy. No, no, no beer, no TV, make Homer go crazy. Like that, <laughs> nowhere is where shit happens. I'm like, I feel safe in the city. Not no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, I've had some very close 
friends and family that at one point or another lived out in extremely rural parts mm. of the Midwest. Too and quiet. Scary. They would make fun of me because I'm a door locker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me too. Totally. Part of my going to bed ritual is I, I even make sure the door inside the garage that, you know, that goes into my entryway that it's locked. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there's no real way to get into the garage without me hearing. And in my house is like Fort Knox. I have video cameras, everything else everywhere. <laughs> but I'm a door locker for because of my love and early love of horror films. Yeah, totally. And when I would stay with my friends and their parents out in the country. They would their parents more than them would make fun of me because they're like yeah went out through the garage to get something this morning couldn't walk in the front door because guess what mr danzig locked our yep. front door last night there's like no <laughs> one within 15 miles of our residence but mick just has to lock the doors every time he stays here and i'm like yeah you're right i do because that shit's scary and I especially at night you got these big bay windows overlooking just country no no my friend no, thank you. It's so quiet, and it's just, it's its terrifying. It is terrifying, and I uh, will never not, like, I'll never not, like, get over quietness and just things being too quiet, and, you know, you know, I moved recently, and sometimes, well, I don't live in the country by any means, it does get a little quiet in my neighborhood, and I, I don't like it. So, real quick, because we're running long, but going through this list, is your favorite film on this list? Is there anything that's glaringly yes. missing to you? What's your favorite horror film? So, I would have to say my favorite one is Halloween, by far. I absolutely adore that movie. I've watched it so many times. It's so good. I It's so scary to me. It's It's, I don't know, I just, that one I just absolutely adore. So, that's always my number one pick. I absolutely love The Exorcist. To me, that's the scariest one. That one just scares the the shit out of me. And again, I think it's being raised Catholic and being afraid of the devil and, uh, you know, being possessed by the devil. So I think that those those are are my absolute favorites. And I'm not at all surprised that they, they made it on the list because I feel like they're classics. Like that list does not surprise me by uh, whatsoever. But I also I'm a I'm a child like we talked about me being a child of the 80s. I also I'm a good I love a good slasher flick. And of course, I love um, the Nightmare on Elm Street whole kind of series. I enjoy that. And Freddy Krueger, that's, you know, the the, the funny (laughs) his one liners and everything like that. It's so much fun to me. And then, of course, I you know, there's Friday the 13th. So I'm I'm a. I'm a fan of those. I watched a lot of those growing up. I was probably a little too young to be watching them, but something about this kind of fearless and about this crazy serial killer who can't, like, for some reason cannot be killed. Like, let's get real. Uh, Freddie and Jason probably should have died uh, many times, but or even like Jason getting, you know, getting killed and brought back to life. But when Freddie versus Jason came out, of course, I saw the theater and it was so much fun. So much fun. You know what's funny? I've seen none of those. That's where I, I stopped. I've seen oh. every Nightmare on Elm Street. I've seen every Friday the 13th. But when they started Jason versus Freddy, I never watched any of those. Uh, let me ask you this. Let's let's close it up. But we'll close it up a little light. Best Halloween candy. What's your favorite? Oh, you know, this is a toughie because I feel like there's so many good ones. But I 
you know, I am absolutely a fan of M&Ms. And when I would get bags of M&Ms, even the little fun size, I don't even need the full size. I just, I love, I love M&Ms and I'm going to eat the crap out of those. I know it's not Halloween specific, but I do love that. And if we also want to go for gar- Halloween garbage candy, uh, don't hate me, but I love the circus peanuts. <laughs> you like those or you're giving those worst? No, I like those. <laughs> I like those when I was younger. I would put them in one of the worst five now. What's your least favorite or worst Halloween tradition candy? I don't like those little, like, weird taffies that are, are rolled up in the Halloween colored paper. I don't even know what they are, but they're, like, the weird. Oh, not- the black and orange taffies? Yes. I, I absolutely forgot about those till just now. My no, that's that's a good one. That I remember uh, there was a period like when I was in elementary school where you got a lot of those. I forgot yeah. about those. I felt like you got, and I'm like, no, what kid wants these? Nobody wants these. They're like nougat almost, but it's just the nougat. It was weird. It was really weird. I don't even know how to. They're the out. ones that they made it to the last of your Halloween candy. Oh my god, yeah, and you ate it out of like pure desperation. You're like, oh, I can eat nothing, or I could eat this garbage, but you wanted something. <laughs> I'm going to go my favorite Halloween candy mm-hmm. in again, not a Halloween exclusive like your M&Ms, but the uh, the fun size Butterfingers. Oh, that's something that I maybe once a year will go out and buy a Butterfinger. I'm not a candy bar guy, but at Halloween, not only was that my favorite to receive as a child, but I will always make sure there's at least one bag of those Butterfingers to give out as well as the Reese cups. That's a close second. Unfortunately, I I would think less than half of the stash of each of those bags makes it to the kids, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, Worst Halloween candy. I I go back and forth, and I know this is a social media debate or whatever, but right now for me, it is candy corn. I'm going to I'm going to say I I just I don't like candy corn definitely gets a lot of hate. I will say, you know, this this is sad to say, but as I've gotten older, um, I just don't like sweets as much as I used to. And I used to like candy corn, but I don't. But I think it's just out of like there's certain sweets I just can't do because they're too sugary. And that's something that is they're just so sugary. I have a theory. (laughs) I have a theory that the reason some of those types of candies you liked when you're younger and then (laughs) as an adult, you decide you no longer enjoy them. I think it's because when we were younger, we looked at our that that candy differently because we couldn't just get up and go buy candy. Right. You kind of looked at it as, all right. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. But, but it was good because it was free. If your mom ever said, do you want me to buy candy corn? I don't know any kid who's like, yeah, get that. I want to give that out. <laughs> you know, we're almost out of eggs. Maybe I can scrape some off the door if we give out candy uh, candy corn so, <laughs> so we could have omelets in the morning. Now, I don't know if you know this. I saw this on social media about a year ago. Did you know that if you take the little points of candy corn and you, you put them together like a, a segments of a pie, like a Trivial Pursuit pie, it actually looks like a corn cob stock. I've seen that. Like, that's kind of cool. So maybe crafts with candy corn is something that you can do. So, yeah. I've, yeah, but I've, who would have known that? I mean, I, there's never a package that shows it together that way and right. that it represents a corn maybe. cob. Maybe it should come that way, like on a little, maybe you can recycle corn cobs and then you can somehow sterilize All them. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Hannah Hampton, <laughs> we're not going to do that. I'm going to reel you in. I think I'm on to something. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not done with this idea. You are, but I'm not. 
But let's close up with uh, anything new, exciting, any Halloween traditions you want to share, crafts, hobbies, anything that you want to recommend or share. Oh, man. Just watch the crap out of scary movies. That's what, like, literally for me, October is, like, scary content month because it's, like, reading scary stories and watching documentaries about haunted places and watching documentaries about about you know about scary movies and watching scary movies and of course like I love creep show on shutter and I'll be watching that when they uh Thursday when they drop I think it's on Thursdays but um just watching the crap out of scary content so I got a couple things on that first off you got me to resubscribe to shutter and I'm glad I did thank you I'll, I'll do Shutter always around Halloween, but sometimes that's all I do it is because Mrs. Danzig's not a horror fan at mm-hmm. all. Like, z- nada. So I always have to negotiate the month of October uh-huh. with her. Like you just said, you recommend that everyone watch as many horror films as possible. I actually, this is my third year to do this. I've created what I call Mixed Month of Mayhem uh, starting October 1st, and it's through October 31st. I watch one horror film, horror show, or horror documentary, something horror-related every night of the month. I prefer to make it a movie, uh, but when there are times where I'm pressed for time and I, or, and I can't do that, there's certain seasons where Criminal Minds is more horror, more grisly, more scary. Will you will you try to get and this is I think they're on YouTube. I have it on DVD, but try to watch a couple Tales from the Dark Side. I, I absolutely adore. Oh, I love but, Tales from the Dark Side. Oh I my guess God. what I was gonna say is this year with the shows, what I'll do is catch up on the new creep show that's yeah, on um, Shutter. Can Fred you Tarot is probably I I love him so much. I met him at a couple of fan conventions and he was such a nice guy, which just added to my like love of him. But I love what he's done with Creepshow. Love it. Sorry, go on. No, you're good. So I do have something that I think is funny real quick. So I got Shudder and I uh, started watching some films that I've wanted to see for a while. And one of them, because I also read some horror graphic novels and comics, the founder of Verotic is, of course, Glenn Danzig, no relation, of The Misfits, Sam Hain, and the band Danzig, of course. He made an anthology film similar to the Creep Show film, not the series, and it's called Verotica, and it's a three, three-story three anthology. Holy shit, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's god-awful. Don't watch it. The production value is so bad. I recommend watching the first 15 minutes and I can tell you this, it never gets better. So you'll get the gist of it in the first 15 minutes and you can walk away knowing it actually gets worse. It's just, I feel like you just took a sip of the milk and you're like, wow, this is expired and sour. Here, taste it. I'm not I did. <laughs> this makes Plan That's 9 from Outer Space look like a cinematic masterpiece. You can see there's one point where they bust into bust a front door open and the whole wall moves because it's uh, like shot in a warehouse sound stage. There's a couple of shots where you can actually see the end of the wall and then you can tell there's a warehouse behind it that is not a building like it's supposed to look like someone's apartment. It is absolutely terrible. With that being said, it's pretty damn funny. But I, I I recommend the first 15 minutes and walk away knowing that it doesn't get any better. 
But uh, you know what does get better? My conversations with you every time, Hannah Hampton. I've really enjoyed this. And uh, I hope you have a spectacular day. Hopefully we can uh, hit that clown hotel or something. (laughs) I love it. Have a good one. Hannah Hampton, take care. Always a pleasure. Bye.